This year, this is my year, our year. Can you feel it? More motivation. Motivation. Synergy. 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 Adventure. Adventure. Responsibility. Responsibility. Intimacy. Intimacy. Achievement. Achievement. Advancement. Advancement. Determination. Determination. Focus. This is my year. Honey, so? What do you think? Motivation, integrity, determination, synergy. Come on, honey. You're not even listening to me. I mean, I have a poster and everything this time. This is perfect. I mean business. Jack? This is my year. I promise. This is my year, I promise. Uh, and so, uh, this is actually the very last week of the decade. Is that is that like weird to you? Like when you when you think about it, is that something that you think about? Like, oh man, this decade's uh, it's come to an end. This decade is uh, it's over. You know, there were good things, there were bad things, there was things that where well, I was indifferent about, but it's coming to the end. And and and. What happens is we, we automatically, as humans, start looking to the next thing, right? Next year. And so this sermon is called, uh, This is My Year, I Promise. It's loosely based uh, out of the passage from Galatians that my wife read earlier. Uh, but uh, I want to start off with just a little bit of a straw poll, uh, straw poll. Raise your hands if you make New Year's resolutions. If you make them. Okay, so I've got a very definitive two over here on this side. Maybe we'll go with three. Uh, now raise your hands if you do not make New Year's resolutions, if it's something that you do not do. A lot, a lot more people raise their hands for that one. Uh, and, and when I was preparing for this, what I realized is that people quickly fall into one or two categories. You've got dreamers and you have realists. Now the dreamers are the people who raise their hands on the first question. Because let's be honest, and I think I have this statistic a little bit later on, something between 85 and 95% of all New Year's resolutions fail within the first month. 85 to 95% fail, uh, and we'll get to that a little bit, bit later on, but really when you think about it, it's the dreamers who make those resolutions. Dreamers say things like, this is my year. It's going to be phenomenal. Have you ever heard this? We're, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to go here. Go do this. We're going to we're going to have a great time. Maybe you heard the person, uh, the people who say, uh, "This is the year I'm going to get healthy. This is the year I'm going to go to the gym every other day and exercise every day. I'm going to eat right. I'm right. I'm going to get my life into balance." Uh, maybe over on the other side, you got people who say, "You know, I'm going to quit out the social media and spend less of my time online and more of my time in life with everyone else." Uh, and actually having life and you get get all these people who who do all these amazing resolutions and they're they're what i call the dreamers and uh the realists say things like well you said that last year right you made those same promises last year you made those same uh 
things that you said this year. You said last year it was going to be a different year. You said last year it was going to be the year that you lost weight or ate right or went to the gym. Uh, and so I just want to start off by, by acknowledging that realists and dreamers look at the new year just a little bit differently. And I think life would be boring if we looked at life uh, completely the same all the time, right? If we didn't ever have any disagreements ever, life would actually get just a little bit boring. And so I'm not saying that dreamers are wrong and realists are right, even though my wife is a dreamer and I'm a realist. Uh, what I'm saying is that they're, uh, they're different. And what I honestly think is we actually kind of need both within the church and we need both within the world. There's nothing right or wrong uh, with being one or the other. It's just how we're wired either as a dreamer or a realist. Realists I'll speak to first. Uh, dreamers need us. Dreamers need the realists in the world to push back on some of the, the fanciful ideas and notions that they come come up with. Uh, in, our, in our first appointment, not our first appointment, sorry, uh, uh, in one of our first experiences working for the Salvation Army, we were under a corps officer who was a visionary. Uh, this is the type of person who, when he wanted to do a carnival for kids at Easter time, also wanted a live petting zoo with camels and lions and and weird stuff. Like, if he wanted a unicorn, I wouldn't be surprised. And he would like he would come into these visionary meetings and he would throw a thousand things at the wall and whatever sort of stuck is the way that we went. And he was a, a huge visionary uh, and dreamer and his wife was much more the realist. She looked at the wall and said, right, you can afford that. You cannot afford to get a real lion at the petting zoo for Easter. Why do you want a lion at the petting zoo for Easter? It would be cool. Yeah, it would, but that's weird. Don't do that. And so uh, in, in the church, uh, really, realists need to be able to push back against the dreamers. Now, I, I know the arguments. Dreamers like to quote things like this. Jesus saying, uh, uh, with man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. I can have a lion at my Easter carnival. Like, yes. All, with God, all things are possible, just you're not being really realistic. And so, uh, uh, realists who I'm addressing first, I'm going to rag on the dreamers just a little bit later on, but realists need to be really careful because that realism can devolve into pessimism really easily. And I know if you're guilty of this, I'm guilty of this a lot of times. Uh, when, I, when I look at an idea, my, my first concept of being a realist starts to slide very quickly into pessimism. Like, yes, we want to do this, but are we, do we have enough volunteers to do this? Do we have enough money in the bank to do this? Uh, are we going to get in trouble by doing this? And suddenly, suddenly, you transition very quickly from being a realist to a pessimist. And listen... You, you don't want to become a pessimist because I tell you this honestly, pessimists do not get invited to parties. We don't. You, you've heard it. You're just a drag. No one likes to be around you. You bring everything down. Pessimists don't get invited to parties. So it's okay to be real. It's okay to ask questions. It's okay to say, uh, ask the question how, but you have to be really careful that you don't transition from a realist to a pessimist. And what I found um, in this sort of structure that possibility fuels the potential for a better future. And so as a dreamer, 
and now we transition onto this side as a dreamer, what I found that dreamers see the potential more than realists do. They see the what could happen if we just stepped out in faith, did it the way that God told us to do, and we walk in that direction, even not knowing where that direction is going to take us, what could we accomplish if we have God on our side? And, and sort of the counterweight to that is, for dreamers, it's okay to dream. It's not okay to live in this sort of illusion fantasy world. Um, uh, we were in uh, training college, we were learning how to be officers, and we had a, a budgetary preparation class, and in it we were charged with doing a fundraiser, uh, and in that fundraiser we had to, you know, uh, sort of imagine the amount of money coming in, balance it all out, and actually made sure that it made sense. And, and, and in this fundraiser we had a fellow cadet who just made up some huge astronomical number at the top so that the rest of the fundraiser made sense and it just sort of, sort of worked. And he wasn't being a realist, he was a dreamer, and he wanted to do all this great stuff, but he was not living uh, in reality, he was living in, in this illusion as a dreamer. And so like I said at the beginning, neither one is right, neither one is wrong, but like all things in life, we have to live it in balance. In Genesis chapter 18, this is... Uh, uh, the story of Sarah and Abram when Abram says that, God, you promised me a son and it hasn't happened. And God actually says this, uh, is anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time, I will return to you about this time next year and Sarah shall have a son. And so what God says to him is, is there anything too hard for me? If you step out in faith, if you trust me, if you stop wondering about how we're going to get there. And so all of this has to do with the new year. And so I want to challenge you to view the year ahead through the lens of possibility. And we'll get back to this statement in just a minute. But as we, as we move forward, I, I want to challenge you to look at this new year that's coming up in the lens of possibility. Before we get there, though, I want to tell you a little bit of a story. Who knows who uh, Wilbur and Orville Wright were? Anyone? Does anyone know who these guys were? Great guys. Um, the, these are the Wright brothers. These are the people who invented the very first aircraft, right? Um, and let me tell you, they had absolutely no business trying to figure out how to fly. Uh, the Wright brothers were actually, I think I've got it in here, uh, they owned a bicycle shop. That's what they did as their profession and their livelihood. The guys who invented the airplane, or what would become to be known as the airplane, owned a bicycle shop, and that's what they managed. And in their spare time, they were bird watchers. They went outside with a pair of binoculars, and they studied birds, and they made drawings of them. And, and that's what they did uh, as a living. They were bicycle shop owners, and they were bird watchers. Uh, and they, through the study of bird, they said, man, wouldn't it be amazing if... We looked at a bird and the way it was able to take flight and we were able to figure out a way that man could sort of uh, uh, mimic that in cre uh, through, through our own sort of putting things together and our own industriousness and we'd be able to make that so that, that men 
could fly. And so there's a guy called uh, David McCullough who actually wrote a book called The Wright Brothers, and this is what he said about this, uh, this vision that these two brothers had. Uh, in no way did any of this discourage or deter Wilbur or Orville Wright any more than the fact that they had no college education, no formal technical training, no experience working with anyone other than themselves, no friends in high places, no financial backers, no government subsidies, and little money of their own, or the entirely real possibility that at some point they could be killed. If I was to go out and define a couple of dreamers, it would be the Wright brothers. No money, no education, no friends in high places. Uh, in, in fact, the, the American government had actually given uh, $70,000 to another gentleman to try and develop uh, a, an aircraft, and he had failed miserably and completely, and the Wright brothers did it on less than 1000 And so they, they didn't know what they were doing. They were stepping out, and at one point, you had to... You had to be sort of imagine yourself in the room where these two brothers are standing there, sort of scratching their heads just a little bit, maybe stroking their beards. When, when I think I stroke my beard, some of you ladies can't, you know, identify with this, but some of the gentlemen who have beards, sometimes there's something therapeutic about stroking it when you're having an idea. And I just sort of imagine these two guys in a room thinking, if God can make that bird fly... And we can copy those principles. Maybe we can fly. Dreamers, when it comes to the new year, I honestly believe that if you step out in faith and you view the new year through the lens of possibility, you can do amazing things. And so I want to really sort of close our time together relatively quickly here today by asking you both realists and dreamers, a question. What does God think is possible for you in the new year? The lens of the question matters. Not what do you think is possible for you in the new year. 85 to 95% of all New Year's resolutions fail within the first couple of months. There's reasons for that, of course. Uh, there is there's reasons like... Um, you made the goal too lofty and too big and there wasn't any possible way it could be accomplished because you decided that you were going to learn how to fly. Well, that's not exactly possible. You made the goal too big. And, and sometimes we make the goals sort of immeasurable and too, uh, too sort of um, pie in the sky out there. We don't really know how to measure them. Yeah, well, I said I was going to do this, but... I don't even know. I didn't even know how I measure that. So the question is not what do you think is possible in the new year, but what do you think God thinks is possible in this new year? Because when you look at that question through the lens of Scripture, what does God think is possible for you in the new year? It makes it an interesting proposition. And when you make resolutions, when you look at the new year, do you filter them through the lens of scripture? I think too many of us fail in these new year resolutions because we try and make them all about us and not about God. And we try and make them all about what we want to accomplish and not what God wants us to, to accomplish through us. 
I believe that God has a plan and a purpose for every single one of us. In, in Scripture, it says that God knows the very uh, numbers of the hair on your head. For some of us, it's a little more than others uh, because of age. But it doesn't really matter. God knows the number of hairs on your heads. And if God knows you that intimately and loves you that intimately, do you not think that he has a plan and purpose for your life? Uh, the prophet Jeremiah, uh, in the opening chapter of his book, said that God knew me and had a plan for me before I was in my mother's womb. Before I was a twinkle in my father's eye, God knew what my life was going to be. He knew the path that he had for me, and he set me on it so that I could accomplish what God wanted to accomplish in this world. And sometimes I think what we do is we look at the new year and we look at these new possibilities and we try and make them all about us. What am I going to accomplish? What am I going to do? How is it going to benefit me? How am I going to come out on top? And what we should be doing is looking at these resolutions through the filter and lens of the scriptures. Most resolutions fail. 85 to 95% of all of them fail. For most Christians, we make resolutions without seeking God first. I don't know if it's intentional. I don't know if it's uh, part of our own human nature, again, trying to take hold and trying to take control of a situation in our life that we should be giving control to God. But a lot of us as Christians do it. We try and make resolutions. We try and make decisions. We try and do all these things without seeking God first. So this year, if you make a resolution, I want you to filter it through the lens of Scripture. For the fruit of the Spirit is love. When you make resolutions, are you, you taking into consideration how it's going to demonstrate the unfailing love of God? Love, joy. Is this going to bring joy and I'm not talking joy like that, that momentary, uh, that momentary little uh, spark of happiness that comes when something went go- goes your way. Look, I'm going to be real honest with you. Some of you aren't going to like this, uh, but there is a football game on this afternoon or th- this evening between the Seattle Seahawks and the San Francisco 49ers. When the Seahawks win tonight, I'm going to get an immense rush of happiness. It's going to last maybe a couple of hours until the endorphins wear off. You know what's going to happen the next time they lose? All that happiness, like a vacuum, it's going to be gone. (coughs) Happiness is found in the the things that happen around you. They're not immeasurable. They're not eternal. They're not joy. So when you make a New Year's resolution, are you filtering it through the lens of joy? Love, joy, patience. I love you all, but Christians, we need to exhibit more patience, not only with each other, but with the world. Uh, I was on Facebook a little bit earlier this morning, and someone wrote a political argument, and this was supposed to be an argument, and all of them on there were proclaiming to be Christians. They all said they loved Jesus. Yet if you read through every single one of the comments, you would not be able to tell that they loved Jesus. I don't care which side you're on. But we need to be showing a lot more patience with each other than I think that we, we do now. And it wraps into the, other, uh, the next two as well. Kindness and goodness. Do you show kindness to one another? Do you show goodness? Are you living your life through the lens of Scripture? Love, joy, peace, 
patience, kindness, goodness? Are you being faithful? Faithful to what God has given you? Faithful if you have family and friends, faithful to the family and friends. If he's entrusted you with finances, are you being faithful in the finances and the responsibilities that you have? Faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Because what scripture then says, uh, against these things there is no law. So when you are making your New Year's resolutions... Filter them through the lens of Scripture and ask yourself this question. What does God think is possible for you in the new year? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the time you've given us together to gather in your name and to worship you. I pray, Lord God, that as we go from this place, you bless us. You open our eyes through the lens of Scripture and allow us to step out in faith, whether we are dreamers, whether we're realists, knowing that we are your children, that we can step out in faith and ask ourselves, what is possible with you in this new year? What do you have for us in this new year? What can we accomplish through your strength and power in this new year? We love you, Lord, and we pray these things in your son's precious name. In the name of Jesus, amen.